Now, I'm, t- I'm starting, or well, we are starting a new series, uh, special having come out of the first. We are calling it a kingdom heart. A kingdom heart. No, H-E-A-R-T, a kingdom heart. We are going to look at some scriptures. I encourage you to do this. Don't just sit there and, and say, like, I've heard that scripture before. You won't receive much. I promise you. But if you, you, you decide, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me new things that I've never heard before. You will hear so much and will be full, and the Lord will lead you and guide you into the things that he wants you to experience. That will be so, so easy to, 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 to receive from the Lord. You know, I've thought of it several times, and I've said this. How many times have you had meals, you know, different kind of meals? But every time, if the meal was good, you say, every time you had it, say, this is delicious meal. You know, like my wife Tina prepares chicken tikka. You haven't eaten chicken tikka until you've eaten Tina's chicken tikka. <laughs> but many times we eat, and I still say, honey, I like it. It's so delicious. Why is that so? I can't say like the time we were married 15 years ago, you prepared chicken tikka, so I enjoyed it then. Even if I don't care how you prepare it today, I, I still, you know, it's there. No. It's because it's fresh. That's how the words ought to be much more the word of God. But every time, even if you hear John 3, 16, you say, I receive that, Lord. And I'm I'm open to you to hear exactly what you want me to receive from the word of God. And let's confess this scripture together from Matthew. I wish I told you to have it there. Matthew 13, 9. Say it after me. I have ears to hear. I am listening. I am considering and perceiving and comprehending by hearing. Blessed are my eyes for they see, and my ears for they hear. And to me it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I receive the living word. I accept it. It's mine. I bear fruit in Jesus' name. Take that. Receive it. Now you stay alert. A kingdom heart. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 19. It says, uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Let's say it together, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want you to pay attention. I'm telling you, it's caught my attention for years. Looking at it, how many times he talks about where. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, and then the next thing he says, what is where? Moth and rust destroy, and 
where thieves break in and steal. And then he goes, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, which is that place, your heart will be also. God is not again laying up for your, for your self-treasure. Instead, he's showing you where to lay them. It's not against that. Because he says, don't do it on earth. Don't lay them up treasures on earth, but I want to show you where to lay them up. In other words, it's not against at all of us laying up uh, treasure. Instead, he's showing us where to lay them. Uh, and look at this. Where indicates a place. It's a place. Where are you going? That means that's the place. So he actually showing us the place, and he indicates here of two places. He says, don't do it on earth. You do it in heaven. You see that? It's indicating the place, and therefore, he wants you to lay up for yourself treasure, but in the right place. Don't you know that God knows which is the right place? Amen? Don't you know that he knows who is the right place? I will be seeing some things regarding that. Not on earth, but in heaven. And this is the big thing here, church. He connects the place you lay up your treasure with your heart. He connects this. There's a direct connection between the place that you lay up your treasure is and with your heart. Because he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, what is a heart? You know, he's talking about the heart over there. But think about this. A heart, the heart there, is the core existence of your life. The core existence, or the, the core of your existence. Let me say it this way. The core of your existence. And I want us to look at some things there from the Bible uh, concerning what the Bible says concerning the heart. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I want us to look at different versions. I think I have amplified God's Word translation, New English translation, and New uh, Living translation. Look at it from verse 23. So we remember we've said that, what Jesus said, for where, come on, say it, for where your treasure is, there. There. Come on, say it, There. Remember, I tell you, you have to participate. For where your treasure is. Now look at this. That means this. Find my treasure. You'll find my heart. Is that true? For where? An example. Uh, See that where my car keys. Where the belt is. Where the yellow belt is. Have you ever seen a yellow belt? Where the yellow belt is, there are the, key, the car keys. In other words, if you can find the yellow belt, you will find the keys. If you find the treasure, my treasure, your treasure, there, you will find what? Come on. 
Until we get it, we're going to go. I'm telling you, this is the first day we're, we're looking at it. But we're going to go step by step. Now look at this. Then. Let's look at some things what the Bible says about the heart. In Proverbs 4.23, it's over here on the screen. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Let's say it together. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flow what? The springs of life. So God is after something here. He says, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. But now it's the, the heart is the core of your existence. So he says that above all things that you guard, with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it, guard your heart, for out of it flow what? The springs of life. Let's look at uh, the same scripture from God's Word's translation. It says this, listen to God's Word's translation. Guard your heart more than anything else. Do you have a pass or your bank account that you guard? God says this, more than your bank account. More than anything else. That's exactly what it means. Remember the Bible, for the Bible, yes is yes, no is no. If we say it's above all things, that's exactly what it means. It says, guard your heart more than what? Anything else. Do you have anything that you need to guard? Listen, however much you guard it, he says, guard your heart above that which you, you've been guarding. Because the source of your life flows from it. The source of your life flows from it. L listen to it from the New English translation. Look at it from the New English translation. It says this. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are what? The sources of life. Oh, that's big, church. Above all, with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Think about things that you watch even on, on screen, or in on television, or on the internet, that actually you're not even being sensitive about what is coming into your heart. Think about the thoughts that go unguarded in yours and my mind many times. You remember Proverbs says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Just think about the thoughts unchecked and, and how it is easy to judge others from their actions but without going down to the heart of the way you think. Some of the things, especially having come from the, out of the first, get my message for Wednesday prayer. Uh, that this past Wednesday, because you can come out of the fast, you've been humbling yourself before the Lord, seeking the Lord, and then after the fast, you just live the way you've lived before. One of the things that so important church to do is to check out our thought pattern, our thought life. It says, above all that we guard, guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Let me, let me say some words there from the Hebrew language, uh, the root word of that source is outgoings. Outgoings. In other words, everything that is going out, out in your life is coming from right in there. The outgoings of your life. They are the sources of your life. The outgoings. And then the other word you use here is extremities. 
extremities. And it is used here for starting points, like a fountain head. That's where it is. Your life is right in here. I like, I like the way God's translation says in, in John 6, 63, it says life is spiritual. In other words, it's coming out of our hearts. Actually, as believers, we live inside out life. Out of your heart comes out what? The sources of life. And in Proverbs still, the same scripture from the New Living Translation, it says this. Let's read it out all together, please. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines... My goodness. It determines the cause of your life. Now, if I know that, think about that. If you have uh, $200 million into your account, would you be kind of have a hawk on it, a hawk eye on it? And still God says this, above all you got, Guard your heart. For out of it determines what? The cause of your life. How you're living. Actually, what we're allowing in our hearts is determining the cause of our lives. So which is the most important thing? If I'm going to think of uh, 10, 5, 10 years from today, it's right what is entering into my heart. The Bible is so clear about that. What I'm allowing into my heart. If it's anger, if it's um, pride and, and anything of this world, right, it's what I'm allowing in. Because, you know, I say this. I like saying this. I say it years ago and years ago, and I like saying this. If that which I'm doing is fake, five, ten years from today, you'll know that you've had a fake pastor. It's true. You, you don't have even to ask me for it. But if, I'm, if which, which I'm doing is real and is flowing out of revelation and the knowledge of God, the Holy Spirit ministering to me, you don't have to ask again. Five, 10, 15, 20 years from today, you realize this thing is working. Join us. <laughs> Join us. Come on. If you've been standing outside there, you don't know what to do. Join us. Come on. Here's where the action is. Is we, we do what? We guard our hearts above all else for it determines the cause of life. Now, let's go to the parable of the sower. I'm not going to go into it so much because that's not my main text. Our main text is this in Matthew, Matthew 6. But in Mark chapter 4, from verse 14, um, kind of remember well, the, the last statement there is, uh, for where your heart is, for where your treasure is, so will your, there your heart will be also. So we looked at some things concerning the heart. But let's look at verse 14 of the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word. All right? We know the parable. Okay? But... Let's look at some things. I won't go into details of it. And these are the ones by the, the, ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown where? 
uh, I think is uh, Matthew says this, because they did not understand the word. Because of not understanding the word, then the enemy stole it from their hearts. Now look at this. Let's go to the next one. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for their word's sake, immediately they stumble. The next one. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, entering where? The heart. Choke in the word and it becomes what? Unfruitful. Okay? But these are the ones sown on good ground. Have you found yourself? Have you found yourself yet? Or you are just now finding yourself? But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who do what? Come on, say it. Hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. What did they do? They had it, they accepted it, and they bear fruit. So then the production center is where? The production center actually is what? The heart. Thank you. But the production center then is the heart. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are what? The sources of life. The fruitfulness actually is being determined by the condition of the heart. Thank God for coming, you know, dressed up and coming to church and all that. But the big preparation is the heart preparation. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to come to church and, and praise the Lord. You came and we don't have to look for you. But I'm telling you how big it is when you come to, before you come to, to, to church, you've been preparing your heart to receive because the production center is the heart. Now, now the production center there is the heart, church. That's always what you have to know that. Let me make a statement over here. The reception center of everything that God gives you is your heart. Is the reception center of everything that God gives is your heart. Everything. Thank God for shouting. You know the way we dance and all that. That's part of it. But let me tell you something. Here it is. comes down to this. The heart. The production center. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the heart. And then I say, the reception center of everything that God gives is your heart. Let me make some... I, I like going to Miriam Webster's dictionary. Let me read some things about this word treasure. Have you ever wondered what treasure is? Do you have any at home? Or you don't say it in public? A treasure uh, is a wealth such as money, that's Miriam Webster's dictionary, such as money, jewels, or precious metals. This wealth. And then another stored up or hoarded, buried treasure. It's stored up. That's one of the meanings of treasure. Wealth of any kind or in any form. They are riches. 
And then another meaning for it is store of money in reserve or in reserve. Store of money in reserve. You store that money. This is my precious gift. This is my treasure. And then another meaning is something of great worth or value. Also, it can be a person esteemed as rare or precious. You've heard people say, my precious wife. You ever heard people say that? My precious wife. Something of great worth or value. Also, a person esteemed as rare or precious. And then the, another meaning is this. A collection of precious things. That's treasure. Let me say it quickly again. Treasure is wealth, such as money. Jewels or precious metals stored up or hoarded. You know what to hoard? Buried treasure. Also, it is wealth of any kind or in any form. can be riches, a store of money in reserve. It's reserved money. And then uh, second is something of great worth or value. Also, a person esteemed as rare Oh, precious. And another is a, a collection of precious things. That's the meaning of treasure. Our Lord Jesus is saying here, where you lay up your treasure influences your heart. He's talking about influence here. This ultimately determines the cause of your life. Let me show you again. The, the way he says, do not lay up, if you can have the scripture, if you are able to, do not lay up those treasures. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. He says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's talking about what here? He, he says this. He's saying here, where you lay up your treasure influences your heart. This ultimately determines the course of your life. Listen to this, church. God wants to influence our hearts with the heavenly principles. God wants to influence our hearts with the heavenly principles, uh, so to speak, is this. You know, the scripture says so many times, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He wants to influence our hearts that way. Can you think of what is it, what is it that you will lack? What is it you will lack if, if the heavenly resources becomes your source? What is it? What is it? What kind of prayer have you ever prayed and God says, now this is too big for me to figure out? Can you think about that? He says he can do what? Exceedingly. Above all. Then you can ask or think, what kind of prayer can you make? And God says, no, not, not yet. I have never thought about it. You are the first man from Adam ever thinking about it. Just think about God saying that to you. But what is it? What is it that you can ask from him and, and lack? If he becomes your source. Listen, church. One thought from him can make a multi-billionaire out of you. 
I'm going to say it, unless someone doesn't want ever. Do you know what a multi-billionaire is? I'm not talking about Zimbabwe currency. You, you, you understand that? I'm not talking. Zimbabweans don't be offended at me, but that's the truth. That's a fact. I'm not talking about Zimbabwe currency. I'm talking about multi-billionaire in good currency. One thought. One heavenly influenced thought can make a multi-billionaire out of you. And God says this, I want your treasure to be in me so that I can influence your heart with heavenly thoughts. That's what he's wanting. That's what he's looking for. Not to control, but influence. Not for him to control you. Remember, he never created robots. He created people that in all whatever we do, church, we do it willingly. We do it as an act of worship. We do it to honor him. He was created us and made us in his own image and likeness. He says, if you do this, if you honor me with your treasures, I'm showing you where to invest. If you invest this way, I will influence your decisions. And one thought from heaven will change and mean completely your life. Will change your address. Only two people are excited. I'm, I'm going to say it again. One thought from heaven. Just think about some problems that you've had and you keep going to your friend. Will you help me and all this? God says this. Do you want me to influence you? I can influence you if you allow me to. We're in a generation of copy and paste. God says, I want, I want this to be original. I want you to have a heavenly perspective. Let me see if I can insert this here. Yeah, I think I can. Let me, give you, let me give you some heavenly perspective. God wants in our lives for us to have heavenly perspective in things. Remember, he talks of two places. He says, don't lay them up for yourself on earth, but lay them up where? In heaven. Let me show you earthly perspective and heavenly perspective. This is earthly perspective. You've come to the Red Sea. And there is no way you can go across. There are enemies right behind you. You can't swim across the, the Red Sea. And there are enemies right you. Earthly perspective says nothing can be done. Heavenly perspective says this. Stretch forth your rod. And I'll make a way in that sea. And you'll walk on a dry ground. And your enemies shall be swallowed up by the same sea. That you've been walking on a dry ground. That's a heavenly perspective. Let me show you another heavenly perspective. You have about 20,000 people gathered. They have no food. It's in the wilderness. And say, where, how can we feed these people? He says, that's earthly perspective. I want to influence you. I want you to show what heavenly perspective can produce. What you have in your hand. Oh, this, this is a young man over here. The, he has two fish and Five loaves of bread. But what are they among these thousands of people? He said, bring it to me. This is what heavenly perspective does. He takes it, lifts it up to the riches in glory. 
And what follows next is multiply. Heavenly perspective influencing your life changes everything. One thought. One thought from the Father is enough to change everything. Let me ask you something. What perspective are you in right now? What are these things that seem impossible today in your life? You are here today, maybe I think like, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. Everything sounds like black and white. I came to bring you a new perspective here. God wants to influence your heart. He's saying this, what is it that you treasure the most? What is it that has been bothering you the most? You have set your heart there. says, if you can only change your heart from being focused on that which you've been focusing on and start listening to my voice, I'm going to change the whole thing. And what has been a struggle becomes a thing of the past. That's what heavenly perspective does in situations. Now, let me go on some scriptures over here. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46. Matthew 13. Look at this in verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like what? Treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You want that? Now that's life change. That's a transformation. For the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys a field. You know, I felt that way when I gave my life to Christ. I had nothing. I really had nothing. I mean, I didn't have money. You know, I was just broke. I, 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 I could have. But the big thing that had, was in my life was any kind of pleasure, worldly pleasure, was my, my, my treasure. I liked drinking. I, I just didn't like it. I enjoyed it. I mean, if I had money to get into a, a pub, I just enjoyed it. It felt good. In fact, when I had money, I needed, I liked, you know, I don't know if you ever drank. If you never, don't drink anyway. <laughs> if you've never. But I liked going in a good pub and sitting at the counter. And, and you just order direct. Looks like that's the production center. I mean, I, I enjoyed that. I remember going into nightclubs, you know, dancing. Oh, man, I, I'll never forget this. Going down with my brother and we are, we're going to dance. And right outside, you know, just the gate. You just, and the beat is over there. I know. You, you. <laughs> I mean, you, I enjoy that. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, right there you are paying, but the, the payment you are making with the bill until you enter in now, that's it. The, the thing, the party is going on. I enjoyed doing that. But I remember that day when I met the Lord, of course it came to a place in my life that I was so empty. I, I would do that, but I was empty. I thought I, was, I would enjoy it, but I leave that place, I was empty. But I remember that night. When I gave my life to Christ and five days later, when the Lord first spoke to me so clear, 
I could hear his voice. I could answer back, but my brother couldn't hear anything. He could hear me answering back, but he didn't know who was talking to me. But listen, that night, I knew whatever was in my life had been surrendered to him. I didn't have earthly possessions, but I knew my heart had turned over to him. I, I, I was telling Tina this morning that when I, I heard his voice and when he touched my heart, everything that I'd enjoyed faded off. It faded away. It didn't matter anymore. It didn't matter. I'm serious. It didn't matter how I looked. In fact, so many people thought, so many people um, thought of my friends thought I'd lost my mind. They thought I could smoke too much marijuana. Now I'd already left, lost my mind. And that's exactly what they, they thought. I lost my mind. But I knew I'd, I'd found a new mind. And that's the mind of Christ. I didn't have any earthly possession, but I knew that my life had experienced the power of God. Listen, God wants to influence our hearts, church. No wonder he keeps saying, I want you to return to the first love. You, you find the kingdom of God, everything concerning the kingdom of God, and you are, you are ready to sell everything you have for the sake of following Christ. I, I'll ask you a question. What is it that's standing between you, between you and, and him? What is it between standing between you and him that you can't even hear his voice? Or you can't make decisions? Your friends and my friends can become idols. The things that, that we think like we can give away can become idols. I'll go, go to the next scripture, please, in the, the, there in 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'm going to make a statement over there. If the kingdom of God affairs are not your priority, then there's nothing much you can see in God. If the kingdom affairs are not your priority, personal priority, there's nothing much you'll see in the kingdom. The word becomes dead. The life, the life in the spirit becomes dead. You won't, you won't see anything big concerning the, the things of the, of the kingdom of God or, or what God wants to do in, you, in your life. But if the kingdom of God becomes your priority, church, everything else changes. I say this. I, I like saying this way. Everything else, even if it was black and white, it becomes colored. That's what he does. He has color to everything you do. Listen, you may be in a business and it's being not black and white, it's been red. You know how that means? It's been red all through. But God says, I'll bring in new colors. The new color is green. <laughs> and black. Glory be to God. That's one thought from him. He changes everything, church. That which had become black and white, that had become mundane, he, he, he comes in and he changes everything and gives life. God's kingdom is life-giving. Everything he does is life-giving. There's no death in God. Let's go to some things here in the rich young ruler. We're just starting. We'll continue in some things next week. 
rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. I saw someone posting a, a, a what? status on WhatsApp. I won't say everything they said, but they said some things like this. He said, people that you cannot advise. Is a young man with money? <laughs> and, and a lady who's just about to get married. <laughs> the people who can't advise is a young man with money. And a young lady that is just about to get married. I don't accept everything of it. But there are some things that they say that I won't say. Regarding that. But look at this. He is a rich, young ruler. He comes here to Jesus and he says this. Now as Jesus was going out, on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him. There's something that you'll notice about this rich, young ruler. He was religious. Did you hear that? I'll say it so that you can hear it. He was religious. We're going to compare two people, their attitude. This, this young ruler, rich young ruler, was religious. And one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit, inherit in, in eternal life? What was he asking? That he may do what? Inherit eternal life. Now as he was going out, come on, let's go to the next one. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your mother and your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. I've done all these things. What was the next thing? Jesus. Then Jesus looking at him, mark those words. Loved him. Loved him. So every statement that he was going to make was out of his love for this young man. Every instruction that follows this, of course, that's the, the way God does it because God is love. But every instruction that he was going to give to this rich young ruler was emanating from what? Love. A selfless love. Look at this. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him, and said to him, what is the statement there? One thing you lack. One thing you lack. And the next statement is this. Go your way, sell what you have, and give to the poor. Uh, let, me, let me say it. In essence, he's saying this. One thing you lack, giving. There's one thing that you lack. You, you have all that. You've done all that. And he had all the possessions. But there's something that you lack here. Is giving. All right. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> one thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have. And give it to the poor. And what is the next statement there? You will have treasure. Did you come to church this morning? You'll have and come and take up the cross and follow me. Now, look at this here. Look at this. We looked at uh, uh, Matthew 6, 
19.21 is talking about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But then he says, go a little bit back there, ladies. He says this, you, you go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. In essence, at that time when Jesus was speaking to him, where was his treasure? Come on, answer me. On earth, where was his heart? On his treasure. Or with his treasure. You've seen that. But he's saying this, I want now to transfer your treasure. Then I will transfer your heart. Remember, he came looking for what? What can I do that I may inherit what? Eternal life. He says this. Remember this. It's not giving that was going to, to change, to, to, to bring him into the kingdom of God. But in essence, it's a turn of heart to the things of God that he was coming behind to follow Jesus and he could have received the teachings of Jesus that he may have had inherited eternal life. That's what he was doing. In, in, in fact, have you ever heard him been say this? The same words that he was told of, come and follow me, that's the way Matthew, Luke, and the rest, Matthew and uh, all the rest, were, that's the way Jesus called them, come and follow me. In other words, God, Jesus was offering him an apostleship. What blocked his eyes from seeing? Earthly possessions being at the wrong place. Thank you. Thank you for your shouts of joy. <laughs> Thank you for your shouts of joy. Thank you. Say, yes, yes, Pastor, I received that. I know there are matters of the heart, but I'm showing you something. So even if you keep quiet, I'm, I'm, I'm quite fine. There are matters of the heart. Maybe now your heart is going on on things that you've held on and for a long time. Now look at this then. Come on, follow me. And then let's go to the next one. What follows next is amazing. Why are you still there? Yes. All right. Don't sleep up there. The deacons are watching, those who are dozing up. <laughs> let's go to the next scriptures, ladies. Uh, 17, we are continuing. It goes to verse 21. Am I through? It's 17. The way it continues. Okay. They got my, my Bible over here. It's Mark 10. You can go to Mark 10 and stay checking it out. Mark 10 from verse 17. And then it goes to the place then... Uh, but as, verse 22, but he was sad at, at this word and went away sorrowful for he had what? Come on. He went away sorrowful for he had what? Great possession. And this is what I say. The great possessions had him. Come on now. For he had great possessions and great possessions had him. They had him. What? The core of his existence, the sources of life is his heart. They had his heart. His heart was in those hands. 
of, of these great possessions. Now, uh, look at this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples said, Yes, we agree. It is hard. Is that what they said? Huh? If they were poor, they could have said that way. Oh yeah, it's the truth. If they were poor disciples, they could have said that, yes, we agree, it is hard, hard. All riches will go to hell. All the rich people will go to hell. If they were poor, they could have said that. But what was, the, look at the disciples. They are surprised. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, in other words, he needed to clarify. To the standards, there are no poor people. Oh, I don't want to get born again. I think I'll be poor. No. Maybe if you get to religion, it will make you poor, but not in, in Christ. And the disciples are astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is. This is so important, church. Listen to this. For those who do what? Mark that word right there. For those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to say some things regarding that. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Huh? Who then can be saved? Uh, but, but Jesus looked at them and said, with, with men it is impossible, but with God, oh, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then be, be, Peter, Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered, and surely I say to you, there's no one who has left a house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall re not receive what? A hundredfold now, in this time, how many? I, I like that. Don't you like? You know what I like? You have a house in the city. In the best place of the city. I like it this way. I have another, others in, at the coast. Just when you open the curtains in the morning, you see the ocean. I, I like that. I don't know about you. And then I like having one near Mount Kilimanjaro. A logo house. That if uh, you open the curtains, you see Mount Kilimanjaro right over there. I just like that. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you what I like. Because Jesus said this, houses. Are you, what will you be doing with three or four houses? It matters where you spend your time, how you spend your time. I mean, do you want to stay with that one house? You know, we have a culture here, mostly, mostly in our culture here. You, you hear people, I bought this house in 1975. And they have never moved. <laughs> the neighbors have moved, but them, they stay right there from 1975. <laughs> we have that culture over here. People just stay in one house. I've heard of more of a Western mentality, some people, not all of them, but say like, oh, we, when we were in our second house, and we, we got now the third house, now we are living in the third house, but here, as we are grounded and rooted. <laughs> we grounded and rooted. We have, we have our house over here. How long is this? Oh, that, that, one I, that was my first loan when I was just employed by something circle. This is where I got my house. 
God is talking about, Jesus is, I'm telling you, it's in red. He's talking about houses. 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 Now look at this. It says then, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and what? Come on. Come on. That's heavenly influence. Heavenly influences will, influence will bring brothers, will bring sisters, will bring houses, will bring mothers, will bring children, will bring lands, and it will bring also persecutions. Don't leave out, don't, <laughs> don't leave that one out. <laughs> will bring persecution. What is he doing with five houses? And he's a preacher. Oh, he's born again. He needs to be giving out to people. Another house. Does he sleep in the five houses at the same time? What's your business? I'm being heavenly influenced. I'm being giving. I'm being laying up treasures from heaven. And the Lord is manifesting his word because he's faithful to do what he says he will do. That's what I'm talking about. Earthly perspective. He says, that's it. We finally paid off our mortgage after 50, 45 years. We've paid it off, so we, we remain here until the Lord shows up. The Lord says, no, I want more. I'll pay out your mortgage. And then I'll show you what to do without your mortgage. Thank you for your enthusiasm, but, but I've lived in a slum. I've prophesied when I was living in a slum with no bed, with a kerosene, uh, uh, kerosene cook, uh, cooker and with no food, I, stay, I, stay, I kept prophesying. I kept saying, and I've never stopped, and I'll never stop. I'd rather die, so to speak, go home to be with the Lord believing than die in unbelief. So look at this. Let me, let me see if we can. So anyway, and then and in the age to come, eternal life. Let me make some statements concerning this young ruler. Let me ask you something. What is it that anyone can give on earth that can, can buy anything in heaven? Come on, I'm talking about this uh, uh, rich young ruler. And I'm talking about you and I. What is it that you can, anyone can give on earth that can buy anything in heaven? What is it? Nothing. Heaven has its own standards. The streets are of gold. What is it that you can give here on earth and you say you're buying anything in heaven? Listen, we know that selling all that he had could, have bought him, could not have bought him eternal life. However, this was to have his heart, which had been held in his possessions. Was to turn his heart. One thing you lack, I've already seen this, giving. Jesus said, one thing you, you lack, giving. Giving, listen, church, has a way of breaking off from selfishness. If you say you walk in love, then you have to be a giver. It has a way of doing that. It breaks off selfishness. You realize you think different. You think different. At a certain thing with someone, I was thinking like, God, I'm going to do this and this. You know, he's done this and he's really doing wrong things over and around. And I thought, 
okay, I'm going to have a meeting with him and talk to him about it. You know, you know about talking to him about it. And, and rightfully so. But then I, when I lifted up my hands and just worshiping the Lord, I say, will you please, will you obey me? Not please, would you obey me? I say, yes, Lord. It was in his presence. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Give that individual the money you have in your pocket. Oh, no. You, you know, yes, Lord, I will obey you. And I did that. I don't know what he did with that money. But anyway, he did something to me. He changed my perspective concerning the situation. It changed my perspective. I think that's the big thing, church, over there. It's changing our perspective. And that's exactly what Jesus was offering to this rich young ruler. I want to change your perspective. Giving us a way of breaking off from uh, uh, selfishness from us. Listen, it is the heart of the heavenly father. Giving is the heart of the heavenly father. And you cannot be a giver in the kingdom of God and be unhappy. I'm not narrowing it just to money. I'm talking about a lifestyle of giving. You cannot be a giver in the kingdom of God and be unhappy. Unhappy people, mostly a stingy people. They give nothing. Let me show you something. There's an opportunity for you to be mad, smile at people. To smile. Smile even to strangers. Oh yeah, what's the problem? Smile people in the way they lived. Oh man, then I don't want to go walking that way smiling at everyone. They'll think like I'm just a smiling thing. Oh, oh uh, hey, hey. Have you ever gone to a lift and you find people just so quiet? Greet them. You are a giver. You're giving out your greetings for, for free. I do that. I mean, this is <laughs> there's a time I drove with my, my sister-in-law, Tina's uh, younger sister. No, my older sister and uh, my, I think our brother-in-law drove with them think about what, about 400 kilometers, and, and I'm driving, and I'll see, you know, find policemen, I wave at them, and they wave back, and I'm not telling, I did exactly, he said, you wave at these people all the time, no wonder they don't stop you, he said, they don't, I'm serious, if you drive with me going out of town, you'll see, and even at the traf traffic jams, sometimes I roll down the window, and say, thank you, sir, for helping us, I say, oh, you're welcome, you're, they don't know who you are, Important people reach out to others. <laughs> oh, yeah, you live a happy life. I mean, many times with the team, I'm just driving and roll out the window and say, Good morning, sir. I say, Good morning. No motorist greeted them. They have earthly perspective. All of them, they want bribes. Who told you? They're born again, spirit-filled policemen who are out to help you. And anyway, they are standing over there. Sometimes let them go a little bit and see how you drive. But you, you give out. You keep giving out. And I'm telling you, I always have favor with those policemen. Police always. I'm telling you without fail. Always have favor. Why? I greet them. Wave at them. 
Sometimes even um, they are looking away and I still wave. <laughs> Calling those things that be not as though they are. <laughs> I really do that. And just wave at them and they smile back. You smile at them. I remember, when was it? I think last year. I think it was. And came to a place. I mean, so have you ever thought of this way? Of some, some, sometimes the way they mark those roads. I find sometimes, I'm telling you, excuse me, but this is the truth. Sometimes they mark those roads as if the one who was marking them was just stupid, was not thinking. That the place, if I can see from here and pass the gate, and you are marking a continuous yellow line, you mean I can't overtake and I can see? And amazing, they are the end over there. They know the drivers will do exactly that. So I'm coming, I saw the trailer, and I saw the trailer is slow, looks like 20. I overtook him. And then, just as I've, as I've overtaken, so on my way down to Mombas, just as I've overtaken him, I saw these guys, I thought, God help me. <laughs> and sure he did. Took so much pleasure doing that. And I stopped. Oh, we are together, honey. I stopped right over there and I, I said, good afternoon, sir. Just smiling. He said, good afternoon to you. How are you doing, sir? Very well. You know that you've broken the law? I said, yes, sir. Immediately I did it. I looked in front and I saw that continuous lane. I knew I'd done it. Forgive me. And he told me, you see all these vehicles around? They've done the same thing like you have. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. I really do understand that. But would you please forgive me? I genuinely ask you to forgive me. I didn't do it deliberate. I saw the trailer right in front of me, and I saw it was a clear way. Would you please forgive me, sir? I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm a pastor. I said that. I said, you are a pastor? Yes, sir. Which church is that? Victory Faith Church in Nairobi. Oh, you are? Yeah. You have an ID to show that? I said, sure, I do, sir. And I pulled it out and I showed him, you know, and he said, don't do that again. <laughs> I left them there. I left many of them there. I've seen that over and over again. I can give you one testimony after another. I believe there's a seed that I've been sowing. I've driven down sometimes, it's too hot, and I pull out, um, you know, a bottle of water, say, come on. Would you have some water? I said, yeah, sure. I even had one, I think it was on Monday, driving at the parking, and he looked at the, you know, looked at the vehicle and said, oh, pastor, how are you? I said, very well, sir. Would you give me some water, please? I said, sure, I have it over here. I gave him a bottle of water. Many people are mean. Listen, you can't do that and be unhappy. You'll live a happy life. Because first, listen, you think in terms of giving. Let's see another person over here. Remember what Jesus said this. You, 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 how hard is, is, this? is it for those who do what? Trust in riches. Who are we supposed to be trusting? Uh, do you have that scripture, Proverbs 3, 5? Instead of trusting in riches, we're supposed to be what? Trusting in the Lord with what? The source of life. Is that so? Listen, and lean not on your own understanding. And he says, on and on and on, he says so many things. So here we are seeing of a rich young ruler, 
He had great possessions. He denied Christ the opportunity to influence his life. Let's, so, let's look at Zacchaeus in Luke 19. If you think the problem is the short people, let's look at Zacchaeus. <laughs> the problem was not the height at all. All right, in Luke 19, 1, look at this. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was what? Okay, he was a chief tax collector. Listen to this, remember the rich young ruler, I said he was religious. But look at this, this chief tax collector was both a social and religious outcast. Because he was viewed as cooperating with Roman occupational government. This guy was a chief tax collector. And remember, a Jew and being a tax collector for which government? For the Roman government? I'm telling you, religiously, yes, as what? An outcast. Socially, yes, as an outcast. While the other guy was religious. This guy... Here he comes in, he's a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Mark that word. He was rich. Let's go to the next one. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. That was not the problem. So he ran ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Oh, that's divine, church. That's amazing. So he made haste and came down, and what was the next statement? Over, what is the next statement there? Received, Received him joyfully. Pharisees didn't want this guy. And here comes Jesus, and he's calling him and telling him he's going to his house. Received him joyfully. Let's go to the next one. But when they saw it, you know who saw it. They all complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, he didn't ask. I want you to see different attitude. The riches is not the problem. The much possession is not the problem, but it's the attitude towards it, towards the possessions. It's not about the possessions here. It's the attitude toward treasures. Here is another one who's rich, who's been thinking he's religious and doing all things religiously. He's been given an opportunity. He is a sinner who Jesus, he wasn't expecting Jesus to come to his house. But he's told, he's offered that opportunity. He receives Jesus joyfully. And when he's at the house, he says, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. He went away above the Levitical uh, commandments regarding that. He says, I'm going to do far above. Is that all? And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because 
he also is a son of Abraham. Now, let me make some statements over here concerning this guy. That is a change of heart. That is a total change of heart. Again, it wasn't about the possessions. It was how he received the kingdom. It's a total transformation. This, this one resisted. This one, Jesus didn't even ask the kids, would you give half of your thing? No. Remember, what is happening right there, church? He's giving to the poor. He says half of his wealth, this is what is happening. The earthly perspective is being eroded from him. And he has a new perspective coming in. It's a heavenly perspective. And a change of heart from earthly possessions. And a change of heart to the heaven possessions, eternal treasures. And listen, that's influence. Ask him in heaven how much he became rich walking on this earth and how he served God richer than he could have ever, 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 ever thought because of a change of heart based on a change of attitude prioritizing the kingdom of God above everything else. I thought you were going to shout hallelujah, pastor. Ah, I thought you were going to do all that. I said, you really changed my heart right now with the word of God. Let me tell you something. That's what God is for. It's the attitude of two people. And we're going to look at it further next time. Look at this here. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 17, it says this. Command is written by Apostle Paul by the Holy Ghost to a young pastor called Timothy, and, and Paul says this, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to do what? To trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Who gives us what? Come on. Who gives us what? And, and from that perspective, from the authority of the word of God, God is saying this. If you want to enjoy life, then I have to show you where to lay up your treasures. If that is, that is in place, then your heart is in the right place, then you will do what? Enjoy life. Stingy, mean people don't enjoy life. That's proven, church. If, if, if the heart of an individual, of a believer, is to give, remember, whatever we do, we do it heartless unto the Lord. If I'm giving a son to the Lord, not unto people. That's usually the problem here. You know, you know uh, he was in my home, I schooled him, and I helped him with everything, and now they don't even remember me. Now you did it to man. 
That's the problem. You become unhappy. You know, is it the African kind of a, 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 you know, proverb, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. That doesn't work in the kingdom. I'll scratch your back if you ever scratch mine or not. I don't care. That's the mentality of the kingdom. But if you do it thinking of people to pay you back, then that's exactly where the problem is. You'll be unhappy. Do you expect your children to help you? Huh? Or you continue helping them? Even when they have good professions, they can come back home and say, Daddy, I need some money. Over they say, Sure. Or do you say, now it's your time to pay back? That's exactly how many people think. It's payback time. I educated you. I've given you everything. Now it's time for you to pay me back. I immediately finish university to get a job. I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, it's true. I've ever heard of this. I mean, I, I had to cancel over a certain man. He said, no. This, this guy is marrying too early. He's just started a job. His first job. Now I have just retired. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be married. He should stay a little bit. He hasn't even built me a house. I'm serious. Miss, Miss Ruth, you remember that? We spent quite some time helping a certain man. I've just retired. I'm about to go up country. He needs to build a house for me. He needs not to marry. I say, excuse me. Let, let's help you. <laughs> so Miss Ruth and I helped this Mzee. And his mind changed a little bit and allowed his son to, to marry. A good man. A good man waits for pension. What does a good man do? Lives in inheritance, his children's children. Hallelujah. I, I like that kind of mentality. I like the thinking of the Bible. Let them do good that they may be what? Rich in good works. Doing what? Ready to give. Come on. Willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. There's a time that is coming. Where is that? Let me show you something here. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. Where is that? Come on, I'm asking you a question. You didn't look at me just to say everything. Where is that? In heaven? In heaven? You're not sure. Listen, it's not heaven. It's time to come that they may lay hold of what? Eternal life. Eternal life, we know. That laying hold of eternal life is after we have left this. But there's a time coming. There's a harvest. God is saying this. There's a harvest. In whatever you sow in the kingdom of God, I will guarantee you, you'll have it back. Right here. And the beauty about the kingdom of God, there's receiving of it in two places. Earth and heaven. Can you think about this? Let me give you an example. You go to Barclays Bank and that's where you're putting your money. And, 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 and Standard Charter says this. If you put in your money in Barclays, uh, the amount, if you put uh, 100,000 shillings in Barclays, this is what, it, that is Barclays. In Standard Chartered, we are putting also here 100,000 shillings for you. This is out of our generosity. You'll never find any bank that way. So God says this, you're giving it into the kingdom of God. 
Listen, you're doing it for me. This is what is happening in heaven. I, you have it. But that's not all. When you are there on earth, I'm supplying it. You will never, ever outgive me. That's what the Lord wants for his people. Let me make one statement here before we wind up. What you're going to do next time, we will go into more of this, in this from the scriptures next Sunday. So don't miss next Sunday service, okay? <laughs> don't miss next Sunday service. Anyway, don't, we will go further. And in the, the kingdom heart, in relationship to earthly possessions and how you can operate as a kingdom citizen. Let me make a statement over here. God wants to show you how to enjoy life. I'll say it until you get it. God wants to show you how to enjoy life. That's what he wants us to, to, to do. In John 10.10, 10, John 10.10, 10, it says this, the thieves comes only in order to do what? To steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and do what? Come on, church. You see that? I have come. I came that they may have what? And enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full. Woo! Come on. I have come. I came that they may have what? Have and do what? Enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full. You miss a, shout, a place to shout. That's a place right over there. I came that they may have and enjoy life. That's exactly what God wants in yours and my life, church. God wants us to enjoy life. God wants us to experience his best in life. He wants us he wants to show us how we can lay up those treasures in heaven and walk out of his fullness on a daily basis. Remember, church has told you this. You, you have to think in this manner. That if you really want to be happy, if you really want to enjoy life, then the kingdom priorities, the kingdom of God is your priority. We just come out of prayer and fasting and the, the thing here, what God is dealing with is uh, in our lives is our hearts. Where are our hearts? What do you want in life? What do you want in life? Do you want to be a person of the kingdom? Do you want him to influence your decisions? Again, remember this, church. Just one thought from him. Just one thought from him changes everything. One thought from heaven that influencing your heart. Remember he says the, the heart of a king is in his hands and like a, like a river, he, he, he channels it the way he wants it. What about if that king, we all call us, us kings and priests unto our God, what about that king say, Lord, I offer my heart to you. I want to be influenced by you. Church, that's what he can do. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't take it doesn't take thousands of years. It takes just that with God to change your life completely.
It all begins with that. You remember when we started uh, looking at the scriptures last time concerning, am I doing something for people to, look, to know what I'm doing or am I doing it as unto the Lord? The whole thing is this. If I'm doing it as unto the Lord, he will show you what to do. And, and next week we'll go on to the treasures and so get into so many scriptures regarding that and the attitude of the kingdom. God wants you whole. God wants you enjoying life. God wants a transformed life completely. That people look at you and say like, my goodness, what happened to you? They say, God changed me. God changed my life. Hallelujah. Please rise up on your, on your feet and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands, everyone in the sanctuary. Everyone, 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 just, just lift up your hands. You've heard the word of God. I didn't give you my ideas concerning things. I shared with you the word of God. I want you to speak to him. Just speak to him. Thank you, thank you, Father. Father, thank you for your presence. Your presence in our lives. We offer our hearts to you, Father. We offer our lives to you as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to you. Father, there's no single person that you do not know in this place. You know their hearts. You know their lying down, you know they are rising up. Therefore, Father, thank you for your living word. You've said, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. Shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I sent it for and prosper in that thing. I thank you for the hearts of your people. A shift. A shift. The Lord says this, the struggles that you've had are not coming from me. But as you release yourself to me and listen to the instructions, even the seemingly small instructions in your heart, you realize that you have more joy in life than the happy and happy life that you have lived. Today, if you obey, just obey. And follow the instructions that you've known over and over again that you're supposed to, to follow. You realize the joy that you haven't, you haven't known for a long time. You'll start experiencing it. His peace shall guide you. Shall guide you. And you'll, you'll start experiencing a new realm in your life that you've never experienced before. The newness of life. So follow that instruction. You know what to do. You know what to do. It's the, this is the, the thing, church. No one can, can even convince you except that you know what to do. And if you make those decisions and you make those steps of obedience, you'll experience joy that you have not known before. For there is more. 
There is more in God than you have experienced even until now. Father, thank you. I take authority of every influence of the kingdom of darkness. I take authority over you right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, I break your power right now. Strongholds of the enemy, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. I say, be broken. I speak liberty. I speak freedom. For where your spirit is, Father, there is liberty. And I speak that liberty right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I'm so thankful for your goodness and for your mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me read to you a certain prophecy I read out uh, from to the ones who come for Wednesday prayer from Billy Bream she gave in 2016. I just remembered of it as I was praying for you. She gave, the Lord gave this to her in 2016. I think it's in October 2016. Listen to this briefly. And it says this. Um, that was in October 2016. You have come to the time now for the lightning and the glory of the unseen to be manifest to you. You have come to the time when the things of the earth are growing dimmer. Earth's magnetism will soon release you. The gravitational hold will be taken away. Right there is to say what? Glory to God. In, in other time, in other words, you've come to the time when the things of the earth are growing dimmer. Earth's magnetism will soon release you. The gravitational hold will be taken away. But until that day, degree by degree, step by step, more and more, the glory will shine on you. Your eyes will see even more than you've ever seen before. And that more, more, more that you cry for will come unto you. Things you grasp, you let go of. Grudges you've held will hold you no more. Fires of lust will hold you no more. Freedom will ring within your soul even as now it does in your spirit. Free, free, free shall my bride be. And the manifestation of me shall show up on your face and the glory and the grace in every place you go. The time is come and that you know but this isn't, isn't the whole of it. This isn't the all. You really are barely beginning. But steps and degrees will increase quickly and the master will become everything to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you give him praise and glory and honor? That's what I want. Hallelujah. That's what we want, Lord. That's what we desire. You say earnestly desire spiritual gifts. You've said that you are the desire of the nations. Father, we ask you to help us that the head of the church, the bridegroom, shall become our desire, shall become our pursuit, shall become our priority, shall become everything that we need in this life. 
but experience more more of you father we pray for this church i pray for this church that this church shall not be left out to knowing our lord intimately every single person that you have called into this local church i pray for them father today i'm thankful father for all you've done in our lives and all that you're working in our lives and things yet to manifest we praise and worship you in jesus name hallelujah